thank you. Grace and mercy, God bless you. Hallelujah. Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. If I let me start reading from verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee. For the mountain which Jesus had appeared unto them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, not some. Go ye into the world and make disciples of all nations. This was Jesus' instructions to us. Go ye, or to the disciples, and by extension to us. Go ye into the world and make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to observe all that I have shown you. All that I have taught you. All that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Sometimes. Every week. Maybe once in a month. Oh, I'm vis- I'll visit you six months in a year. Or I'll visit you once in a year. For I am with you always. I am with you always. Not sometimes. I am with you always. I am with you always. In the morning, I am there. In the afternoon, I am there. In the evening, I am there. Every second, every minute, every hour, I am there with you always. Not for some time. Not for a year. Not for two years. Not for three, not for four, not for five. Not for ten, not for six. I am with you always, even until the even until the end. No matter how long you are going to live, 60, 70. Okay, you will not live 60, you will live 80, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120. If a worker of mine called me some days back, some months ago, and he said, uh, his grandmother passed on. I said, ah, that's wonderful. He said, ah. I said, how old was she? She said, one around 20 years. This year, 120. So you will live long. With long life, will he satisfy us and show us his salvation? I used to know a family, the first child in that family. If I used to call, I used to call him our mother's husband. The firstborn at that time, of course he's still alive, the first child in the family, uh, it was 75, 10 years ago. He's still alive. And the mom was about 90 or 95 thereabout. So sometimes when both of them are going, you wonder, ah, is this man the husband of this woman? I'm just saying to you that people still live long. And the Bible says with long life, long good life, 
you will enjoy good health. You will enjoy sound mind. At the old age, the Bible says, even until your hair is white, you will remain fresh because I will sustain you. At old age, you will remain relevant. You will not be forgetful. In the name of Jesus Christ. I don't care the name doctors call those, uh, say, when you're old, you just, you, won't for, you just forget everybody. In fact, you will not even know the name of your children again. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Because the Lord will quicken your mind for the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you and quickens your mortal body. Quickening, quickening, enablement, quickening your mortal bodies to the glory of his holy name. Amen. Amen. Says, I am with you always, even to the end. I'm with you always, even to the end. My time is also short today. Uh, all our speakers, Pastor Bisoye, Pastor Temi, can we clap our hands for them? <laughs> Yesterday was explosive. Hey man, I need you to go, if you haven't, Listen to those messages, you need to go back. I'm just going to add a few things to all that they have said. Just very few things. Jesus looked at his disciples in John chapter 14, thereabout. 14, 15, 16. If you read, you read, you see. I, 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 I referenced that last week. He looked at the disciples and he said, Don't worry. Though I am going to leave physically, but I know that you need a comforter. I will, I will pray to the Father to send you paraclete. That's Holy Spirit, right? And I say to you that para is a combination of two Greek words. The para and the kletos. Para means along. The kletos means call. So, the Holy Spirit has a calling. Eh? The calling of the Holy Spirit is that he is with you. That's his assignment. As they are walking through life, just be with them. You see, the problem most of the time is that we do not acknowledge or we don't walk in the consciousness that we are not alone. And that is why some people behave anyhow. They dress anyhow. They speak anyhow. We are forget. God have mercy. We because we don't walk in that consciousness. Sometimes we are forgetful of who we are. Even in the place of uh, of uh, of difficult situation that you are just command, you are just expected to speak to a situation. You see, Jesus was passing. He, he was hungry. I looked at the fig tree that was just ahead of him hoping that he will find fruit on it. And so when he approached that tree, there was no fruit. And he said, let no man eat from you anymore. In fact, when you read that part, the Bible says, and Jesus in response. In other words, that tree actually spoke to Jesus. And Jesus responded accordingly. So when a situation is speaking to you, you must respond. Things are not working, you must respond accordingly. All things work together. For good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, it is not in your ability to do because you can't do anything. But because of the spirit of God that is in you, mountains shall skip before you. 
You will say to this mountain, be removed. Not just remove alone because of my block, my siblings, be cast into the sea. So, a sickness has been in the family just ravaging everyone, killing everyone. You will say, this is not my portion. I, on my behalf, because I have Christ in me, I command you to leave and be cast into the sea. Never to reoccur again. Your responsibility is to speak. God is to do. Yours is to speak. And I'm not saying, you know, like we said, it's not just uh, walking in the consciousness of, the, of, 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 of his presence just because we consider him to be a formula or a machine that we just go to once in a while. That means everything about your life will be guided by him that lives in you. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. When you walk in the spirit, it is the only antidote for, uh, uh, only antidote against walking in the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the consciousness of Holy Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Envy, bitterness, rage, anger, jealousy, prayerlessness, laziness. Walk in the spirit and you will not Fulfill the desires of the flesh. It is not a once in a while walk. It is a consistent walk. And consistent walking in the spirit. I am with you always. Even until the end of time. I am with you always. Even until the end of time. Yesterday, of course, the preacher told us. In his presence, you download strategies. Strategies. For the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I have in me the spirit of counsel, spirit of wisdom, spirit of power. And so you can deploy resources, every resources to the appropriate use. Because God will just right be with you, telling you, uh, this is what you should do. I, I realize that I've read the pages of the scriptures. God will not commit anything serious, anything serious to an unserious person. Who does come once in a while? Because uh, God's agenda is too big to commit to someone that is not actually serious about it. And so we looked at Let's look at the story of Joseph. Joseph, the father of Jesus, or the earthly father of Jesus. And I realized that Joseph was a man who consistently walked in, in the consciousness of God's presence. Otherwise, he would not have been able to navigate through all the cacophonies of people, Herod particularly, that wanted to kill Jesus and his son. And so Jesus had told Joseph that for them who seek the life of the child, they have died. So go. But I also realized that as he was going, God also gave him another instruction in the, in the dream that go, do not go that way again. 
So, walking in the consciousness of the Spirit means that you are sensitive to every last command. Because God is consistently speaking. So, the instruction that He gave you in the morning might not be the same He will give you in the afternoon. Which is why sometimes you go a particular way in the morning and you are returning all the Spirit saying, no, don't go that way, go this way. God is so meticulous about our lives that He wants to be involved in every detail of our, of our lives. In other words, we submit our intellect to him. Not that we suspend our brain. No. We submit our thinking to that he, he has the final say. I remember a year ago when Dadjo was going to minister at Junilag and he, he had won a particular dress. Some of us who, who, who listened to him, we, we will remember that illustration. He said he had dressed in a particular dress. And the Spirit said, no, you have to change and wear Agbada. That tells me that God can, God is involved in every, every detail of your life. The truth is when you, I, I think when we spend, the more we spend time with God, uh, Jesus said, and, uh, the more we spend time with God, the more, the more of Jesus will become. The more of him we know. Have you realized that sometimes when people have married for some time, for a very long time, daddy and mommy will begin to look alike. I don't know if you've seen, you've experienced that before. For our older parents, when you look at your dad and your mom, you see a, a semblance. They have lived so long to understand each other to an extent that when you ask daddy a particular question, even though mommy is not there, and maybe you think you are so smart, you are going to get a different response when you ask, to, when you ask mommy. Mommy is going to give you exactly the same answer that daddy gave to you. Because, though they, were, they have not spoken about it, but because he understands each other so much that you can't go behind to go and get something. That's how a relationship should be with God. The more we desire his presence, the more we become like him. There are a few things that I'm just going to say, maybe two things, that, that we receive. It's, a, it's, a, it's automatically a gift given to us because we walk in the consciousness of his presence. In Acts of Apostles chapter 12, there was a man called Herod, Herod Agrippa. Now, when you hear Herod, it looks like Herod was just everywhere in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, and in the Acts of Apostles. Looks like Herod lived such a long life. But the truth is, Herod was a family name. And he had a lot of wives. I had plenty of children. So as one Herod is dying, another one is... So, when, so, so, so sometimes you have to look, you have to study so that you know particularly the Herod. There is Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the one that wanted to kill Jesus. This Herod was the one of the sons who was a half-caste, meaning his father was an Edomian and his mother was a Jew. It's a long story. I don't want to go into that. But he had to be made a king 
over the Jews. And he had found, because they didn't, the Jew would not accept him being half caste anyway. So he had found a way to, he had found a way to their hearts by, by sunning, is it sunning? Yes, yeah, so you saw something. James, the brother of John, into two equal halves. And so the Jews were happy about that. So he said, oh, that's fine. This is how to get the love of these people. And so he arrested Peter and put Peter into prison. But it was the time of the Passover. So it is against the Jewish law to kill someone on the Passover. He's just going to cross unnecessary wala. So I'm going to keep you in prison until the Passover on the, the Passover is over. Amen. Amen. So he kept him in prison, anticipating that I am going to cut your head off. Because that is the, the more I kill the people who are, carrying the, who are carrying the good news, the more the Jews will love me. You see, if you spend time with the presence of God, the enemy cannot get you. Because it might look as if you are surrounded. But you are surrounded by him who has heavenly strategies. He knows how to take you out of any difficult situation. And so Peter was arrested. He was kept in prison. And he was handed over to false quadrums. The worst of all criminals is... At the, at the best case, entitled to only, one, only two soldiers, that he will be tied to them. That's the worst offender, the worst of all criminals. The ones that has committed the, the what do they call this thing in law? Eh, eh, eh? No, the, the greatest of all offenses, like he has, this one, ah, we have not seen this one before. Whatever it is called. Treason, felony, whatsoever. You are only so that you will not escape. One will be under one, you will be chained to one on the right and one on the left. This man had not committed an offense. What was his offense? Preaching the gospel. And he says, So that you don't escape. Four. Only you alone, only one person. Four. Ah, enemies conspiring against you. The Lord will make a way of escape for you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, maybe they thought they've gotten you. No. There will be a divine maneuvering. And the Lord will make a way of escape. In the name of Jesus Christ. And so, but I realized that Peter was going to be beheaded the following day. And he slept. If you were in Peter's shoes, what would you do? Perhaps praying in tongues. Perhaps wailing, oh God, you have forsaken me. I give my tithe and my offering. I serve in the house of the Lord. I am in the prayer department. At the same time, I walk in the ushering. Is this what I desire? I mean, is this what I deserve from you, God? I will not serve you again. Maybe some will say, well... God is able to make a way. Maybe some of us will just be complaining or praying or speaking in tongues. We will possibly react to this situation differently anyway. But I don't think 
a number of us who sleep. Because the anxiety of that head being off your neck the following day is enough to keep you awake. The anxiety alone. But I found out that Peter likes to sleep. On Mount of Transfiguration, he slept. Maybe because he wasn't expecting anything spectacular to happen. But he slept. He slept. And he woke up and said, ah, I think I saw something. Garden of Gethsemane, in a, in a, in a disobedience to God's, to his Lord's instruction, Peter slept. And there again, in prison, Peter slept. But at this time, you know, the first one was because he was, he disobeyed. Don't sleep, he slept. The second one on Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew chapter 17, he, he slept because he wasn't expectant of any, any miracle. So he slept. But this time around, he slept because he had peace. He had peace. So we can walk in difficult situations when we have peace in our hearts. You see, his presence assured us of victory. Tranquility. And we are devoid of anxiety. Our oh, economy is not fine, it's alright. God is able to make a way for me. My children are not behaving well now, it's okay. God's promise will come to pass in their lives. Why well, I've tried and I've failed, it's alright. Failure does not define my identity. I will try again. Oh, I've been betrayed, it's okay. That's just human. God will not fail me. He is just right here with me. Peter slept. When he has been promised that tomorrow morning, I'm going to make a show. I'm going to put you right before all the people and cut off your head. He slept. I, if I were in Peter's shoes, I, I, and I assure you, I will not sleep. But I've learned now that I will have peace in the midst of the storm because God is just right there with me. I have peace. For the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding will guard my heart and my mind and the assurance that he that has started a good work in me shall accomplish it until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ will give me peace. I have peace like the river. I have peace. I have peace in me. Because he that is promised will deliver. I have peace. Was Peter delivered? Which is why your prayer is also very essential. The brethren were praying for Peter. Even though when you read that, that story properly, even when Peter appeared at the door, the leader opened the door and said, that is not possible. Did they pray? They pray still. You never can tell what your prayer will do. But sometimes God will just lay a, a name on your heart that you are not even familiar with in the middle of the night. God can just say, pray, pray for Shade. And you don't even have Shade amongst your friends. But I've come to realize in the course of time, that Shade will suddenly appear one day. 
Some of us, maybe the husband we will marry or the wife we are going to marry, is not, maybe she's not even born again now. So was my case. I, when my wife was started praying for me, I was not even born again. We met here four years, four years after. Maybe the business partner that is going to just make things happen for you in two years, three years' time. Maybe his name is uh, Uticos. And Uticos is just by the window, sleeping, and he fell. Maybe you are supposed to be praying right now. I have said this to you to, to let you know that men ought to pray and not faint always because <laughs> that is your life. So the angel of the Lord appeared, held Peter by the hand, and those that were, I don't know whether they were awake or they thought they were in trance, somehow Peter escaped. And even Peter was still sleeping when the angel was taking him. It was when he started to, am I, am I actually dreaming? Read that story, you will see it there. What is sleep? Even Peter, Peter said, did not, he, he was outside, he was, he said, ah, looks like, is this a dream? I'm, I think I'm actually out anyway. Peace in the midst of the storm. The second thing we must understand is Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Matthew 11, 20 something, 28 or 26. Come unto me. Let me read so that I don't, there is a part I, do, I don't want to skip. There is a version that I have in my notes that I don't want to. Yeah. The Passion Translation. Are you weary? Carrying heavy burden? Then come to me, I will refresh your life. For I'm your oasis. Simply join your life with me or with mine. Learn, if you have that in your Bible, underline it. Learn my ways. Learn my ways. And you will discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. You see... The second thing we get from his presence is rest. You see, God will teach us how to, God teaches his children how to rest. That is one thing that we've learned. It's, he will teach you how to rest. In, when in rest is, a, is, a, is refreshing. Your strength is renewed for the journey. It will teach you when to fast and when to pray. When to eat? Elijah was he was wearied after killing Ahab, um, prophet of Baal. He was about to commit suicide. So don't worry, don't kill yourself yet. Eat, for your journey is far. The Bible says for the next forty days Elijah did not eat. He said, Wait, I'm going to speak to you. One thing we are assured is his rest, but. We have to be conscious of the Holy Spirit to teach us. Learn my ways. Are you teachable? 
learn from me. It, it is a, it is a, it's a, it's a student-to-teacher relationship. Lord to the one that is following the Lord. And when you are in a class, you, come to, you go to class with a pen and a note. So that what you are being taught, you will write it down. When you are in a class, you pay attention. Are you paying attention in his presence to learn, to hear all that he is saying to you? The reason why you don't have rest yet is because you refuse to learn. There is an attitude that you must have when you are in a class. You must pay attention to the one that is giving you instructions. Because you will need that formula on the day of trouble. Oh, he has said this to me. This is how we should do it. Let me teach you willingness to act. Willingness to learn and to act as instructed is key to your rest. A renewal of strength for your journey. Okay. You must learn. You must be teachable. You must be teachable. You must be teachable. You must be teachable. And the last one I'm going to add is that in the consciousness of his presence, you would discover how valuable you are. The only place that you can find your true value is in his presence. People will praise you today. Oh, you are the best. Tomorrow, you might do something wrong or get it wrong. They will say to you, oh, I thought you are more sensible than this. Have you been there before? For there is therefore no condemnation. It is only in his presence you will discover your truth, who you are. And you will first of all begin by accepting the reality that he died for me. I want something. That's the beginning. And when he died, he handed over victory to me. When he died, he handed over good health to me. That means I, I want something. For the grace of God has appeared unto all men. The only place that you can find your true value, that you are, you see, Jesus was speaking in Luke 11. He said, why do you worry? The birds of the air, they don't sow. Have you seen, have you seen them perch on your window before? They don't plant. No work. And yet, as little, have you seen a sparrow before? Sparrow is so small. As little as, as a sparrow is, God cares for them. 
The Bible says, even Solomon is not dressed in the apparel of the lily. I mean, they are so beautiful. I'm not talking about flowers, I'm talking about lilies. So how much more you? He said, don't you think you are more valuable than them? So why do you worry? The only place that you are sure that nobody will condemn you, even in your mess, is in his presence. The consciousness of his presence. You discover your true value and he will say to you, come, I love you. Even with your mistakes, it's okay. I know you can do better than that next time. You can come to his presence without shame. You don't need my invitation. You don't need uh, anybody's invitation to come to his presence. Just right on your knees, you, you walk right into the, into the presence of your father to talk to him. And you walk in the, the you know, I said to us last week that the consciousness of his presence means that it is not a destination. It is a journey. An everyday awareness of who you are. Friends, God loves you. He does. He is mindful of you. He, 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 he looks forward to you talking to him. God is always willing to hear from you. What a love of a father. Waiting for you to talk to him every day, every minute. He's never tired of you. You call him, he answers. There can't be missed calls. You know, sometimes you might be people because I just don't, not that the person has offended you. I just don't feel, I just don't feel like talking right now. I'll call the person later. It is not like that with Jesus. Let us pray. Thank him for his presence. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For your presence, for your Holy Spirit in us. That we are not walking life alone. And even though we walk through the valley of shadow of death, we fear no evil, for you just right there with us. Thank you because we know that we can succeed in life because you are on our side. 
We bless you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Have you been blessed? Yes. Clap those hands for Jesus. If you're a leader in the house, from the prayer leader to every other leaders in the house, I need you to be seated and I want the church, the remainder of the church to stand. If you're not a leader, just stand up. The leaders, they know themselves. If you're not a leader, I want you to stand. And I want you to clap your hands for them. I want you, I want you to celebrate them. I want you to know that we love you. We thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your relentless efforts. We had a fight sometimes. It's okay. Thank you. God will reward you. Sometimes we push you beyond what you know, what you are aware you could even do yourself. Thank you for being supportive of this assignment. On behalf of the senior pastor, Pastor Taiwo Odikoya, myself and my beautiful wife, Pastor Toby and Toby Badmos are not here today. We say thank you. God bless you. Can we clap our hands for them once more? If you are a worker in the house, clap for yourself. We love you. We thank you. God bless you for all that you do. God increase you. You will not miss your reward. In Jesus' name. On behalf of the senior pastor, we say thank you. Thank you to you. God bless you. Okay. Clap for yourself, everybody. Mrs. Akobi and Mr. and Mr. Akobi, thank you for guesting in today. I saw you as you walked in. I'm sure a number of us will still remember her at the last soak. She blessed us tremendously. Thank you for worshiping with us today. God bless you. You are very dear to our hearts. God bless you. Right, we have Debola Shama in the house. Uh, he's been here to minister to us. I think last year, he was there. I think the last time he was there was, was the last.